0: Welcome to Be Customer-Led, where we'll explore how leading experts in customer and employee experience are navigating organizations through their own journey to be customer-led and the actions and behaviors employees and businesses exhibit to get there. And now, your host, Bill Stakos.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Be Customer Led. I love this because I get to bring some of the coolest guests, not only from the US, just but around the world. My guest is is an Australian, but she lives in Austin, Texas. And one of the coolest things about Alicia Roach is that she is the co-founder and joint CEO of a really interesting company called Equate.ai or Equate. And that's EQ8.ai. And they really have built a SaaS platform around strategic workforce planning. We're going to get into what exactly that is today and why that's important from an employee experience perspective. Alicia, thanks so much for coming on to the show. It's great to have you here.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited.
1: I know, me too. Because when I first started checking out your posts and someone that I was connected with, I think is connected to you, and then I started seeing your feed, I was like, man, this is a really interesting topic. And I started just my, I started geeking out on SWP, and I'm um, like, now nah, I gotta, I gotta have Alicia on the show. So, Alicia, before we get into the conversation and learn more about Equate, obviously, tell us a little bit about your professional journey, mm-hmm. what you think some of the, like the real differentiating factors were, and then I want to also just kind of get into why did you start Equate? Because I think that's just topically, I, I we'll focus there, but also just I think the company, what you guys are doing, is really special and unique too.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, look, I definitely start by saying that this was not what I thought I'd be doing as a career. I was just saying that to someone last week, actually. It wasn't like when I was asked at five years old or 11, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, oh, strategic workforce plan. <laughs> and certainly creating a tech startup. Well, that was not even a thing back then. So yeah. I know I'm showing my age there. But like most people's journeys, we never really know where we're going to end up. But it's definitely a journey I think that, for all the right reasons, has led me to what, what we've created here with Equate. I started my career as a chartered accountant in finance, and I was working at an international airline where the workforce was the largest cost, as it is for most organisations, really. And at the time, the airline, this is going back again, I'm showing my age again, but going back quite a number of years when every airline around the world was putting on these large aircraft orders for the next generation of aircraft, so the A380s and the 787s. Spending billions of dollars on capex. And the board at the time was rightly asking, are we actually going to have enough pilots to fly these planes as mm-hmm. they come in over the next decade? So it's pretty critical for an airline to have pilots to fly its planes. So I started to, in this project where we were looking at how many pilots we needed based on our route network, on passenger demand, what was going on with pilots. There were an aging workforce at the time. So there was a lot of retirement, training downtime utilization and then externally these are highly skilled people with long lead times you can't just click your fingers and and get a pilot overnight so what's the supply chain of these highly specialized people who are we competing with for them not only other airlines but career alternatives and bringing all of these moving parts together in an industry that was already so impacted by external events because going back then there was already there was Things like the war in Iraq had impacted the travel industry mm-hmm. and, and September 11, And then we also had bird flu and SARS around that oh, time. Right.
1: So, you, forget you know, I was given the pandemic we just had, that
0: right? Really so th- some of these things are nothing new, but understanding all of these moving parts and bringing that together in a, a way that lifted the gaze and answered the question for the organization, yes, we're going to have enough pilots by doing these proactive actions. And making sure we're making the right build by borrow trade-offs with a data-led basis. And we went through that exercise and it was really great to get everyone aligned on where the airline was heading. And then the GFC happened (laughs) and it all had to be revisited anyway. But we had that line in the sand to know where we'd been heading. And so there was an easier way to shift the sales because we now had that delta to understand how things needed to shape and shift. And that's where I fell in love with SWP. So kind of a long-winded answer, but the, in, the way it integrated the people of the organization with strategy, with finance, and it really is just such a game changer. And so that's where I've stayed and, and now I've built a business and a platform around it.
1: So that's a good segue. Let's talk a little bit about Equate. You know, what, so why did you say, hey, I'm going to go, start this tech startup, SaaS company platform, <laughs> was it more around the work is just too manual and you wanted to digitize it in some way? Mm-hmm. Or was there something else there that you were like, I love this work, passionate about it, clearly, but there's a better way. And, and how did you kind of go into it being saying, hey, we could do this in the platform from the platform perspective?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, so we are a tech startup dedicated to SWP with a platform. And and the reason I'm so passionate about swp is that i do feel that it answers the most fundamental question for any organization what's our purpose and what will it take to get there and it's about recognizing that the to get there part is through the workforce as the execution vehicle for an org's purpose its Mm -hmm. vision strategy operations really anything it's trying to do so i started my career earlier in corporates in large corporates and left to start a consulting business with my co-founder But we knew that software was the end game because there was such a gap in the market for true end-to-end dedicated SWP. Mm -hmm. And I'd been to the market several times globally to try and find something that could enable me as a practitioner from within organizations. And in the end, I ended up with my own DIY solutions in various forms, Excel with a front-end visualization tool. Or at one company, I even built a, an SWP from system from scratch using a large ERP platform. Now that is not recommended. We were, I still have some therapy over that one, but but we wanted to understand through our consulting and understanding the dynamics of many organizations in different industries, shape, sizes, because SWP is not a one size fits all modality. So we needed to understand what orgs needed flexibility on what they needed on rails and how we could kind of bring in something that was grounded in deep practitioner-led expertise that met the needs of all those different types of customers. And we've seen where tech created by tech can fail because it can become detached and not practically solving the real problems of an org. So we needed to kind of straddle both of that. And really, Equate is now a platform-led business because we hold the absolute and utter belief that swp must be owned by the organization itself the s of swp's strat- strategic strategy mm-hmm. so fundamentally swp captures the org's strategy so the org has to own its strategy can't outsource that that's right. and mm-hmm. so it has to own its swp and that's what we're enabling with equate it really is putting that in the hands of the organizations to drive as i said the most fundamental question for them making sure they can achieve what they need to.
1: Cool. I've got to ask, and I ask all founders that come on the show, just not because listeners care probably, but this is my own just really nerdy kind of self. Like yeah. How did you come up with the name of Equate?
0: Right. Yeah. It's, well, fundamentally we're about bringing balance to an organization and coherence. So a core part of what we do through strategic workforce planning is translating that purpose and strategy into what the organisation needs from its workforce, so its workforce demand, and then equating that with what it's got, so its workforce supply. So we're bringing that equalisation of supply and demand. We're equating supply and demand so that the organisation can fulfil its purpose, strategy and operations. So.
1: Yeah, Can you give us an example of like what this starts to look like in practice, just so our listeners can get maybe a, a more tangible example? Like if I'm on the Equate platform, say I'm, I'm a leader, I'm CEO or I'm a CFO or head of HR maybe, what do I start to do? Like when I, I'm like, I need a strategic workforce plan, like how do I start to go into that work?
0: Yeah. So most organizations have a strategy, but it's often yeah. set kind of in the corner office and it's a PowerPoint deck. And And then it's left to the various leaders in their functional silos to interpret what that means for them in execution. And often that's where the disconnect happens because someone from operations goes, okay, this is what it means for me, finance, this is what it means for us, and and so on. And so you get that disconnect. So fundamentally, we're about stepping back, understanding the key strategic imperatives of the organization, translating that into a value chain which breaks down what activities do we need to be doing as an organization to support the fulfillment of this strategy? Mm -hmm. Who needs to be doing them? What skills do they need to have? And that really answers the fundamental question for an organization that most don't have a view. If we say to most organizations, what workforce, size, shape, skills do you need today? Most organizations, the overwhelming majority don't have a clear view of that. And as I've said, the workforce is the execution vehicle for everything it's trying to do. So it's crazy. And so we bring that through that methodology, through that process, through the platform, the way to answer that question. This is the workforce you need today. This is how it's going to shape and shift in the future as your volumes, your business volumes change, your business drivers, but not only your core kind of volumes and business drivers, what step changes are coming your way? Mm-hmm. What transformation initiatives? What digitization do you have going on? How are external forces going to impact you? We need to overlay that as well and bring that together to get that holistic view of what the workforce need is today, how that needs to shape and shift, mm-hmm. and then compare it to the workforce we've got today. And that's the other fundamental disconnect is that most organisations just kind of go with what they've got today and kind of just bumble along and change off that. And they don't even know that they've got it right today in the first place.
1: I think off mic at some point, I want to sit down with you and just pick your brain because as I'm listening to you talk through this, and we've got a lot of other stuff to talk about, but maybe that's show two. (laughs) How like this can really be strategic workforce planning specifically can be the connector between employee experience and customer experience, right? So they think about sort of the business outcomes from a customer perspective, the business outcomes from an employee perspective. Can this be sort of the mesh between the two? So if I'm a CEO and I'm listening to this episode and I know for a fact we've got a bunch of CEOs who listen in, what kind of outcomes should I be expecting, right? if my organization Mm -hmm. does strategic workforce planning correctly? Like what should I see?
0: Well, firstly, as we just touched on, with the workforce as one of the largest costs, if not the largest cost, I think depending on the industry, it can be up to 93% of an organisation's cost base. Yeah. So not even knowing that you've got that right today, firstly, that's a huge opportunity just yeah. from a commercial standpoint. Uh, and then the main thing is as well around that cost perspective, organisations are investing millions, if not billions in their people and people related programs. They're investing in huge change and transformation and customer delivery that is enabled by the people they have and their skills and they're flying blind. So they've got no way to really understand how what they're trying to achieve is going to manifest. We see something like 70% of digital transformation initiatives fail. It's like $900 billion a year wasted. And a lot of that can be attributed to not having the right execution basis for that transformation, the skills in place and so on. So that's one thing we're enabling through SWP. The other thing I'd say is foremost as CEOs, CEOs, CTOs, whatever, we're all in our jobs to make sure our org achieves what it needs to purposefully, strategically, operationally. So we need to be able to ensure we can drive the execution of those. And For most organizations, that's left to chance. But the ones that intentionally and optimally create a coherent and forward looking approach to the way they lead their organizations, they're lifting their gaze and planning for the future. They're moving out of that reactivity and that problem of the day kind of mindset that many of us get stuck in. There's always going to be a problem of the day. We can't get away from that. But if you don't step back and lift your gaze, these organizations are always wondering, Why are we in this same situation a year later? The manifestation may be different, but the outcomes are the same. We're missing our targets. We've got failed transformation and digitization initiatives. We've got unhappy customers, delayed project milestones, poor operational execution. We're failing. So being able to step back and step up and clearly getting that forward-looking view of not only where we're going, but how we're going to get there it brings that clarity and coherence. So, yes, we're optimising our costs and getting our arms around that as well, but actually this is enabling us top-line impact because without having that execution vehicle in place as it's needed, that is where we have that revenue impact, that lost digital and transformation opportunity. So it's huge. This is not just bottom-line optimization of a cost base. This is top-line stuff as well.
1: Very, very cool. At at the individual leader level, Alicia, how does this start to manifest? Like I I can get from a broader strategic perspective, Mm -hmm. but how does then this translate into tactics at the individual leader level? Are they taking the output of what the Equate platform delivers and then saying, okay, here's how I optimize my team or whatever that might be? Or like, tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, so we kind of view three main outcomes of SWP. The first is... An amount which is that clear forecast of what we need today and how that needs to shape Mm -hmm. and shift both from a capacity so FTE perspective but also a capability or skills perspective. As I said most orgs do not have that view which is Mm. crazy. Uh, The second thing is an action plan. The P of SWP is a plan so how are we going to get the org where it needs to be and that's a coherent set of actions for all initiatives across the organisation, whether they're employee life cycle and workforce related or they're things that enable the workforce like our digitization, transformation, mm-hmm. productivity, process review, those kind of things. So that's the second output. And the third output's alignment. We're, we're getting through a key element of SWP, which is dynamic scenario planning. We're getting our leadership around a table. We're looking to the future under multiple what-if trajectories. And we're getting alignment on where we think the org's heading so that we're all rowing the boat in the same direction. And that's arguably one of the most important outputs of SWP is that we know that we're all talking about the same thing. We know that everything we're doing is aligned to the rest of our team rather than those interpretations through the Mm -hmm. functional silos.
1: Alicia, how do you measure success of this? So are those also embedded in the platform and like, if I'm, if I'm a senior executive, CHRO as an example, mm-hmm. how am I looking at SWP and saying we're on the right path, it's all green? Like what, kind, what are the typical metrics that I might be looking at?
0: Yeah, so one of the main metrics is making sure you've got the workforce size, shape, skills as you need it. So that's a, a key way to, you've got this forecast, are we meeting it? It's yeah. similar to a finance Process. We've got our financial plan over three years, then we translate that into the 12 month forecast and then the budgets on a monthly basis. So that's the same kind of thing. So that's that becomes a very clear and tangible line in the sand. The other thing that we do is bring in through every action that we create to create that alignment, that equating of the supply and the demand. Every action is treated like a project, but also like a business case. So we look at the costs and benefits of every action that we're doing around the workforce. So we're optimising those build-buy, borrow decisions, and we're able to really measure the benefit and impact the organisation of implementing those effectively. So that really also brings a strong commercial discipline to the HR function and how it's prioritising its investment around the workforce. Mm. And then the third way I'd say that we measure through the platform, we've got these really cool algorithms that look at what a role is, what skills it has, where it sits in the value chain, how attached it is to transformation and digitization and what the org's trying to achieve and a bunch of other factors. And it actually generates a financial exposure. So what is mm-hmm. the potential cost to the organisation from not having this role, this workforce segment in place? And that's a real fundamental shift for organisations from that view that the workforce is a cost. I'm a chartered accountant, ex-finance mm-hmm. bod, and the, the general view there is the workforce is a line on our P&L, a cost that we generally are trying to get down. If we don't have that role in place, we're saving money. We're yeah, under yeah. budget. Whereas we're actually trying to shift it to if we don't have the role in place, actually depending on what that role is and where it sits, there's significant Commercial impact to the organization. So, they, we may not be able to meet revenue targets. We may have missed customer delivery and those kind of things.
1: I love how you're taking a very business outcome oriented view on this and saying it, it is about the metrics, but it's not necessarily, and you're shifting that mindset completely around. And that's not something that a lot of organizations think about their employees, right? It's just a line on the PL, it's a cost. Yeah. How do we bring it down? And as markets get yeah. more challenging, Obviously, kind of given the market environment that we're in today, how do we reduce that number in tech? I mean, thousands and thousands of layoffs, right? Versus if we did this, what is the impact on our business from a long-term viability perspective?
0: It gives us a different view because what we have, instead of those decisions that we're seeing in every headline at the moment, these layoffs, and it's this short-term reactivity, the knee-jerk, because we don't have that longer line of sight. So we're going, okay, well, panic. We don't, we just feel this kind of external pressure. So we're reacting and dealing with things in not in the best way, because we don't have the best data at hand to make the better decision. Whereas if we lift the gaze and look to the future, we can say, okay, yes, we've got this short term dip, but we think things are going to bounce back. Actually, if we hold this workforce, the cost is less than the layoffs and the impact to our employees, to our EVP, our culture, our employee experience, and then the customer experience is such a different vibration for the organisation. Like it's a different vibe because you've got that clarity and that coherence and it's not knee-jerk and suddenly the doors are closed, the org charts are on the wall with the Sharpies out, crossing the boxes off. It's awful. We've all been affected by that, or we know someone in our family or friend who has been affected by that. It is a huge detrimental impact to organizations, to economies, to humanity. We need to lift the gaze and get organizations to do things differently. That reactive fire and rehire MO is not going to cut it.
1: I feel like a lot of organizations are still in that hire, fire, rehire kind Mm -hmm. of mode. And that's really, I love how you're just, your, your point around lift the gaze. And what an organizational, just like uplifting for the organization to say, we're not going to look at it this way anymore. We're going to really turn yeah. the script, flip the script, so to speak. When you think about, and I want to bring maybe back the point earlier about tying WP being kind of the the mesh between employee experience and customer experience, mm-hmm. are the companies that you're working with that bring Equate in are leveraging the platform, do you generally feel like there are organizations that get it or is it they're trying it out because- Like if you can really figure out how to continuously evolve and improve the employee experience, that will translate into a better customer experience in so many different ways. How are you seeing companies kind of think that way to tie it together and using SWP maybe as a as a basis or a framework to get there? Or like what are you seeing from that perspective?
0: Yeah, it's definitely mixed. I think there are organisations that are at the leading edge of this and see that and kind of get that inherent connection and value of their workforce in driving better outcomes for their customers and better outcomes for everything. There are others that are doing it to try and see, and it's still, it still really is an emerging discipline, uh, SWP. I've been in it for a number of years. I think what I have seen shift with SWP is that people aren't asking, why do we need to do it anymore? They're kind of more moving to how do we get going on this? And we're certainly seeing, a lot of a lot more interest in SWP come from outside HR functions because the leaders of organizations are recognizing through what we've been through the last two years the situation we've had has finally kind of given talent issues, a platform and a leading cause for concern in in our C-suite's mind in a way that I don't think we've had before. So I think they're seeing these skill shortages. You pick up a survey and it says 80% of CEOs, one of their main concerns is skill availability. So these kind of issues are probably what's more getting the attention. My whole reason for being in this space is absolutely to lift corporate consciousness, as you say, to get them to inherently recognise that by doing the right thing by our employees, that is better business outcomes, it's better customer outcomes, but it's better mm-hmm. for humanity. Mm-hmm. We, we can all kind of get caught in this social responsibility and these ESG functions that are now being created, but they can still be a bit tick the box and, and the same organisations in the next breath are those ones behind the door doing the mass layoffs. But what we're doing here is really creating that fundamental understanding that for an organization, our people are not a separate entity to our organization. The organization is our people. The people are our organization. There is an innate knowing that the organization cannot get where it needs to go without its people. So it's it really is a different energy and we're creating an alignment, I think, of the personal good and the collective good in a way. So it's a really different As I said, a different vibe for society. And I think the orgs that do it, we do see research showing that when we create that alignment of an authentic purpose that permeates business strategy and decision making, and we have that forward looking view, collaboration increases, learning accelerates, performance climbs. We get not only improved financial outcomes and people outcomes, but we also are just getting that inherent kind of better experience for everyone, because we're consciously responsible for humans Mm -hmm. as an organization. And that's what drives me in this space. But I Mm -hmm. I don't think everyone's there yet, but that's where I'm trying to get them.
1: I think that's one one of the silver linings to the pandemic is I think that a lot of organizations have come to realize that. I think they're probably still struggling with how do I figure that out? Uh, right. SWP certainly seems like the way to start to do that or to start to go down that path at the very least you mentioned it's sort of a newish discipline, maybe let's say five or maybe 10 years old on the high end. Maybe it wasn't even called SWP 10 years ago. Much right. Like customer experience was market research 20 years ago. Right. When you think about where SWP is headed or maybe where you would like it to see it go headed. right? Because you are you and your co-founder are, are defining this space, frankly, by the work that you're doing. Where do you want to see it go or where, where might you see this go further?
0: Yeah, well, my overarching vision is that SWP becomes such an integral part of an organization's planning cycle that it becomes a core process. Mm-hmm. So no organization strategy can be set without it. it. SWP is actually a business planning process that happens to be denominated in the workforce. And I've seen industry leaders attribute every issue in the economy to a problem with training, reskilling, recruiting or business management. And the disconnect is that so many orgs face these issues with that short-term siloed reactive basis. Mm. SWP lifts us out of that tempo, creates that inherent alignment of the workforce to the purpose and strategy and brings that coherence to the entire business. And so I think that is where it can and should head. It should become embedded Mm. as a core process. It should be just something like we do with our financial planning cycles Mm. and our financial budgeting and forecasting. It becomes that inherently part of our fabric. And so every organization realizes they cannot do what they need to do without their workforce. And again, that just is something that's always really amazed me is that most of the functions have been great or better, varying degrees of, of doing this, but using data and planning for their functional direction, finance, obviously, marketing, sales, ops, they're all very data-driven and using that planning. But when it comes to the workforce it's not done in the same way, and it's certainly yeah. not done in a holistic way across the organisation. So some pockets of orgs we've seen customers may, oh, we've got our own workforce plan over here and we've got our own because no one else has done it for us, so we've had to do it. But... It just is something that's always amazed me as i said for what is usually the biggest cost for an organization arguably the biggest asset as well the source of our delivery our execution our innovation our customer experience is the workforce that comes from that so how are we not getting our arms around this and planning it so so that's where i really see swp heading where organizations get it they have a, to do
1: it. that's a really inspirational view i can't tell you how I personally need to spend more time in the space and and learn more. I just love the the mindset shift that you are trying to change at scale. That Mm -hmm. is really hard to do. It is really complicated, but so incredibly necessary. And I I just love what you guys are trying to do there. Alicia, I ask each one of my guests to ask a question of my next guest. Okay, Um, It's something that I start to do at the top of this year. The questions have been really interesting and different. And my previous guest, who asked this question of you, is a founder as well. Completely okay. different industry. Actually, created a platform to purchase shares in like rental and vacation homes. So like when you see. own a share in cool. a BM, Airbnb as an example on the beach, and you and other investors in that house kind of get revenue from that, right? Right. A really cool. Pla- really cool platform. Yeah. But he wanted to know, if you could live and work remotely anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Now, you're from Australia. You live in the States. (laughs) Um, Is that the motto? Are you already living that dream or like, would you pick a different location?
0: It's funny, if you ask me this time last year, I would have just been happy to leave my house and work anywhere. <laughs> like, even to go into our lovely office in Sydney and get out of lockdown. But now, look, Austin's awesome, but I still go into the office here, so it's not truly remote. If I would probably say Greece, I'm actually half Greek, so it's a place I've never been, and I really. I'm feeling such a pull to go there. So I would love to just set up there, immerse myself, pick up the language again, visit long-lost relatives. And yeah, that that would be amazing.
1: Well, when you go, let me know. I'm happy to pull together an itinerary for you. (laughs) Being 100% Greek and the son of immigrants, we're able to go back pretty often. It's Oh, amazing. Yes, I'll hit you up with some questions for sure. You got it. All right, before we wrap up, where do you go for inspiration, Alicia?
0: Mostly... I go within. That's a weird weird answer, I guess. But for me, I think the biggest thing to be inspired is to be kind of in the right mindset and be balanced and and mind, body, soul and have everything kind of humming along because we can get so caught up, you know, in just so work-focused or whatever and we sacrifice other things. So getting that holistic balance through taking some time each day, setting up a few things throughout the day, whether it's a morning practice of meditation or exercise mm-hmm. or whatever and a few pockets of joy throughout the day even if it's just sitting in the sun for five minutes with a coffee that's how I kind of get in the right headspace and and then kind of feel more inspired to do what I need
1: to do love that I love I've only had that to turn you into statistic yeah uh, it's an inside joke folks from, from, from yes <laughs> but you're the second person out of every interview I've ever done that has said that and I that is my favorite answer Oh yeah! My favorite answer. I wish more people would look internally for their for inspiration versus finding it elsewhere.
0: Um, Right. It all starts with us, right?
1: One hundred percent. Alicia, this has been an incredibly inspirational show for me. Uh, An incredible and a learning for me as well. I am very grateful for you to join us on the show, and uh, thank you so much.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. All right, everybody. Really, super amazing show. If you are not familiar with strategic workforce planning, check out equate.ai. That's EQ8 EQ8.ai. We're also going to put it in the show notes. We'll put Alicia's in profile in the show notes if you want to get in touch with her directly as well. Another great show, everyone. We're out. Talk to you soon, Thanks everyone. for listening to Be
0: Customer Led with Bill Stakos. We are grateful to our audience for the gift of their time. Be sure to visit us at BeCustomerled.com for more episodes. Leave us feedback on how we're doing or tell us what you want to hear more about. Until next time, we're
1: out.